Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the 28th annual must-have CTV Thanksgiving Day Parade. I'm your TV guy, Brett White. And wow, look at that. Standing at two stories tall and covered in floral polyester, it's a real fire hazard. It's the Brady Bunch Balloon. And it's being followed by Wisconsin's own step-by-step step crew. Oh, wow. So yeah, joining me in our coverage of must-have seen TV's holiday gauntlet Thanksgiving is my co-host, you know him as the editor of Fortunate Horse Magazine, the host of Sex Your Food on True TV, and the head of comedy at Kickstarter, Mr. Taylor Moore. Welcome, Taylor. Brett, it's so nice to be here. I'm looking at everyone holding these floats, and I'm thinking, these float holders today, they really came to play. Oh, yeah. Oh, and here comes the balloon, (laughs) of course, my favorite, the cast of U.S. Acres. The cartoon that ran alongside Garfield and Friends. There's Orson the pig. (laughs) And, of course, the youngest Sheldon, the little chicken feet egg-wearing Sheldon character. The only Sheldon that matters to me. I would love to live in an alternate universe where U.S. Acres was Jim Davis's breakout hit. Main jam. Yeah, so we're actually coming to you uh, live to tape. To at a Kickstarter headquarters. Oh yeah, the HQ. Yeah, this is nice. Well, thank you so much. This is so much nicer than my office. You can put your feet up on the servants. Yeah. <laughs> Brooklyn born and bred servants. Oh god. <laughs> They're called interns, I do believe. Mm-hmm. I I interns. There's a small stipend. <clears throat> yeah. So uh you are kicking off my Thanksgiving holiday gauntlet. So all four of my guests survived the Halloween gauntlet. Now we're in the Thanksgiving gauntlet. Mm. So three Thanksgiving episodes in a row. Oh, wow. So this is the first one. Oh, uh, this is the first Thanksgiving. Yeah, this is the first, my first oh, Thanksgiving great. one. We get to set the tone for yeah, Thanksgiving. Yeah, so what's your history with T. Hanksgiving? Well, let me tell you this. First of all, I, I, this is, this is the, the beginning of the Thanksgiving <laughs> era. I feel like we should start by saying something that we're thankful for. And I'm very thankful that we get to begin the Thanksgiving era with me. Yeah. I, I have a, I have very strong feelings about Thanksgiving. Oh, good. I think, you know, we are very fortunate because uh, American holidays are great. We have mm-hmm. some really good holidays. We don't have the, the monopoly on great holidays. There's some no. good ones. There's like a Hindu Bengali thing where they celebrate siblings, which would be great. Oh, that'd be Wouldn't nice. it be nice to have like a sibling? We have like National Sibling Day, that which shit. no one no one pays attention to. No, that's Too many national days that are nothing. Yeah. National Donut Hole Day. Don't need it. If Congress has to tell you what day it is, it's not the day. No, it's not the no. day. Uh, but I love Thanksgiving. <laughs> now, people will say Thanksgiving is, re- is based on and referring. Uh, it's a cover-up for horrible genocide. Yeah. And true. that's true. Don't Totally but, true. But look, what ain't? <laughs> yeah. You know, in you this c- country, Leo, the fact that we are sitting in Greenpoint, Brooklyn, right now, we are sitting on top of genocide. Ameri- <laughs> America. America is a graveyard. <laughs> yes. you, you can't you can't step uh, off the plantation in America. Yeah. It is 
all of all of the industrialized world is just a <laughs> massive graveyard built on top of the bones and suffering of those that came before. There's there's nothing that doesn't come from a history of subjugation. And 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 while that's sad, it also frees us to give to attach meaning to the things that otherwise might have been colored by their uh, universally shared negative history. And I think Thanksgiving is one of those things. Yeah. Some holidays not true. July Fourth, I can't really get into. It's too hot, and I don't care about the meaning of it. Not but, anymore. And, <laughs> but but Halloween, I love. It's so funny to me. Yeah. I love it. Christmas, I love. Thanksgiving is fantastic. Where do you rank them? Ooh. How do you rank all three? I've been oh, asking gosh. people that, too. I it's do hard. think the three big ones are Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas. Yeah, for back me. Back to back. For me. It's a gauntlet, you might say. It, yeah, it's a gauntlet. It's a holiday gauntlet. I love... Uh, Gotta love Christmas, but Christmas it really has all that religious baggage that it can't entirely scrape off. See, it, right? if you're me, you do it, and it shines like a diamond. Oh, well, listen, I, I'm a big shines Christmas like boy. A Christmas diamond. We get the big tree in there. Uh, we put lights up. Oh, my yeah. wife, she loves it. Uh, and and Halloween's fantastic. Halloween's great, but it is like it's hard. I don't know. The, Halloween is fantastic. It's really fun and funny, but there really isn't the undercurrent, the sort of fundamental feeling of uh warmth that oh, Thanksgiving no. and Christmas Halloween have. is chilly. How I it's would dare say chilling. chilling. Yeah, see. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and so Thanksgiving has that that like togetherness and the warmth feeling, and it's based much more around food than mm-hmm. purchasing items. Okay, and yeah, so yeah, I yeah. think that maybe puts it in number one. Brad. For oh my lord! Well, look, I mean, you, you <laughs> have I mean, a- I'm glad we're starting with someone that would put it at number one, which I would say is the most ridiculous. <laughs> it's a number three for me. <laughs> it's uh, a number three. Yeah. I know. Listen, I, well, you know, let's just say I'm making an argument for why I, I mean, might I, think I'm it's all, number one. I'm all for it, and I've only recently started to like it because uh, of having a husband. Finally, of like being able to do our own, we started hosting our own Thanksgiving. Because, mm-hmm. like, growing up to me, Thanksgiving was I would get to go to my grandparents' house and see my cousins, mm. and every other year when my boy cousins who I played with more often were at their dad's house they'd be like oh great well this Thanksgiving is going to be boring for me uh and so it was never like that special and it always seemed like not it wasn't an optional holiday we celebrated every year but when I moved to New York it's like well Thanksgiving and Christmas come so close together Christmas is the gotta go home so Thanksgiving is the like eh, we'll see I spent a lot mm. of Thanksgivings alone up here in New York uh, my first Thanksgiving in New York, I was an intern at the Late Show with David Letterman, 2006, and and that they uh, they shot on um, Thanksgiving Day, so the entire staff would do Thanksgiving at the office on Broadway, 1697 Broadway, and that was a great day because even though you had to work on Thanksgiving, everyone would bring their entire families into the office. They would cater a bomb ass Thanksgiving dinner for everyone to eat, and then all of the writers would. Um, write all these bits for all of the staff to be in. So not only was your family there on Thanksgiving eating dinner, you were also going to be on TV that night and then also get the like SAG money that you're like the money that they have to contractually pay you for being on camera. Do you know that every every single guest on Late Show gets like two hundred something dollars? Yeah, because it's like a bare minimum, and so scale. like yeah, so like when Glenn Close is on the Late Show with Deborah Litterman, she gets a check for like two hundred dollars, like. So, um, so like, yeah, that night I got to be in a bit, and my mom and my parents in Tennessee got to watch a late show that night and see me on Thanksgiving on TV. So, like, that's probably my one of my warmest Thanksgiving memories. Uh, I well, really liked the last couple of years being able to host it in my home. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's a fantastic thing. In between Thanksgiving and Christmas, Thanksgiving is the holiday that I think is more flexible to the family you choose. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what we've been doing. I mean, that's also the episode we're getting into uh, is all about, like, the found familiness of it. And I think the three Thanksgiving episodes that I have chosen for this month are all found family. So you see what I respond to. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Oh, man, I need to... Being in Kickstarter, my scripts are all over the place. Um, Yeah, so this week we are traveling to November 27th, 1986. Uh, Crocodile Dundee ruled the box office. (laughs) You Give Love a Bad Name by Bon Jovi topped the charts. And then NBC aired the Cheers episode Thanksgiving Orphans. Taylor, you must have seen Thanksgiving Orphans before. Yes. Yes. Uh, I want to talk about the climax of the episode because we'll that's to, yeah. the only thing I really remember from it. Oh, I remember from before all, I, oh, from the episode. It was like mm. from all of Cheers. Did you grow <laughs> up with Cheers? Because I've this is okay. Let's look, get this elephant out of the room. Cheers. Yeah. This is episode twenty-eight, and I'm finally doing Cheers. This is the first Cheers episode. Yes. I'm on the first Cheers yeah. episode. Episode. Yeah, this is the first time. Like this has been the uh, every single episode. I've been, I feel like listeners have been like refreshing that podcast feed every week, being like, "Where's Cheers?" Why isn't he talking about the show? That still comes up quite frequently. Yeah, of course. Specifically because in my office, every guest has been looking at a Cheers poster behind my head mm. while recording. And not talking about yeah. it. Yeah. So this is a big deal. And I'll, for some reason, it has come up a bunch how Cheers was the show that most of my guests and also myself would see come on when we were kids and then be like, eh, no thanks. Because that theme song and opening credits are very adult oriented Mm -hmm. and not a sexy way but in an old timey this is not a cartoon way yeah it's like watching the news come on yeah (laughs) what is that a top hat and ascot it's like no no, no, thank you you me nowadays as an adult yes more of of that of course yes (laughs) (laughs) give me give me my uh, chianti (laughs) a show about ascot Uh, please uh, did you, so did you watch when did you first get into cheers get into it or, or watch it or become aware of it I think Hmm. I you know it was one of those shows that would come on, but it wasn't as offensive as the news was to me okay. to my taste. But was it as appealing as like a Bewitched or I Dream of Genie, which has a literal cartoon <laughs> theme I, song opening? I preferred Cheers to those. <laughs> okay, good, smart uh, kid. Yeah, I was really alienated by the '60s, '70s like a- aesthetic of uh, <laughs> Genie and um, yeah. and and the Brady Bunch and things like that. And also, those shows feel so much more forced. Yes, the laugh track course. is much more Cause obvious because it's a fake laugh track. The jokes are less humane, yes. I think. Mm-hmm. That come from. I mean, like, come on, we're talking about we're comparing, you know these sort of yeah. forgotten uh, uh, works of art to uh, to Cheers. Um, and so I, while it wasn't my favorite thing in the world, I you I was in the room when it was on and so yeah. grew to be warm towards it. Were you a che- was your family a Cheers family? Oh God, I don't think my mom were they ever really family at all? Killed, <laughs> my, my mom my, my mom never really cared what was on television, I don't think. My yeah. dad was the one who would change the channels mostly. Um, he had the clicker. Yeah. And I also didn't, when I was a kid, I didn't understand that like the shows came on at the same time every day. Ah. So I'd be like, Dad, turn the news off and put The Simpsons on. Like, stop <laughs> Wave it. your wand. Yeah. And he'd be like, look, the show you want to see isn't coming on until the news is over. Yeah. We can watch the news to the end, and then when it's over, change channels. And I see, didn't really get it. And that's the crazy thing is now kids nowadays have your instinct is right for them. Because that's one hundred percent what is true. Is right. they like yeah, and parents can actually wave a wand to put Cheers on whenever they want to watch it. Uh, I remember Cheers being on in syndication because Cheers is a lot of '80s sitcoms, as I've discovered, are in a weird nebulous zone of they were new at the time, so they weren't on Nick at Night, which is when I was getting way into you know Mary Tyler Moore and I Love Lucy and Green Acres and those shows. 
Um, but they were also new at the time when I was too young to actually watch them live. So a lot of 80s sitcoms like Roseanne and Cheers and New Heart and those kind of shows I didn't watch as a kid because it wasn't TGIF, which was my generation, unfortunately. Brand loyalty. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I, rem- I do remember when Cheers ended because the TV Guide that week had like a gatefold cover of – the joke was Norm's bar tab closing – Mm-hmm. And so, like, the main cover was the Cheers cast. And then if you unfolded, I think at the end of the bar was Norm with, like, the bill. Mm-hmm. And I remember being like, oh, so my, I guess, nine-year-old brain, because it ended in 93, mm-hmm. was like, oh, this is a cultural moment that adults care about. And I am like, I don't know. It's not, you know, Urkel. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, I remember watching the finale like it was an appointment thing. Like, everybody's yeah. like, well, Cheers is ending. Got to go watch the last episode Which, I mean, of Cheers. 11 years is a long time. insane. Uh, I did not get into Cheers until 2013 because I never watched it until 2013 when I had sinus surgery and was laid up on my couch for a week. And prescribed Cheers. Yeah, basically. Well, my, uh, well I was prescribed painkillers that they didn't tell me about, so I did not get them. What? New York doctors. Yeah. But I recovered by watching three seasons of, seasons of Cheers uh, marathon, like in three days. Yeah. Well, you know, I had an aunt who uh, uh, did the same thing, and now she can't stop watching George Went, and she kind of <laughs> lost her family. And, oh, God. Yeah. Prescribed some George Went action? She's well, just, now you have to really hunt that out, because it's like, where is well, it? Well, she's buying it from people in vans <laughs> and huts, you know, <laughs> under the overpass. It's pretty rough. But that, like, watching it while recuperating made a really, uh, it was a really strong bond I formed, because I watched all 11 seasons in a year, and then after it was Good over, God. after it was over, I, like, bought a uh, Cheers Christmas ornament. Because I finished it, my surgery was in January, so I finished it at Christmas that year, and I bought a Cheers Christmas tree ornament that plays the theme song. It's pretty great. And then I bought a Cheers poster of my favorite cast, which is this cast, season five. Mm. Uh, oh, so, Lord. wait, now, and, and I've heard you talk about Cheers before. I've heard you talk about how much you love it. Yeah. Um, you know, so so why don't you tell me, in like five sentences or less, in, in a one paragraph, what <laughs> do you think it is? about Cheers that made you fall in love with it so hard and why is it still so resonant to people even like us oh, who yeah. grew up when it was past its this started. I mean I was born in 84 so it started in 83 I do believe so it's mm-hmm. older than me uh, Cheers is it is the uh, whew, one paragraph very hard um, like get to the core the what core, is I, it about this show that the you thing so that much? I love about multicam sitcoms are that they are a perfect melding of writing acting and like pacing Mm -hmm. and the energy that is captured by putting well-written words in sparkling performers bodies that are then captured with the energy of a live audience. That is what it, that's what works. You need those three things. You need all three of those. So many sitcoms will have like great performers, but the laughs don't seem honest because it's not a good script. Mm -hmm. It's very cheers is the perfect example of all of it, all working at the top of its game uh, consistently for 11 years where the jokes are so solid, but they are given to performers that are all so at the top of their game, know what they're doing, know their characters from the get-go. It is... It's, it's like, yeah, it's like the actors uh, and the writers are sharing a brain. It's, and it's so... And therefore, it creates, because of that, this... The perfect thing about a multi-game sitcom of it's welcoming. It is inviting. You want to spend time there. You want to go to that bar. You want to be in it. And when you watch it, you really do get lost in it. Brett, like, you've seen good actors and other things before in good scripts. Yeah. What is it specifically about Cheers, about these characters, that makes your heart sing? 
I think the fact that they all, uh, there is such a detail paid to their relationships. Mm -hmm. Because while watching this episode, I was thinking, who likes who? It's like, Carla likes everyone except for Cliff and Diane. Like, Sam likes everyone except, like, Diane, who he actually loves. Uh Diane is... just like in real life, how you have layered relationships that change with everyone around you, everyone in Cheers is so unique, and the way they all fit together in this massive puzzle is super fascinating and can create really interesting combinations in infinite patterns that are just so inviting. Uh, God. It's, it's, a, it's an amazing ensemble, and ensembles are what I really respond to. There are no duds on it at oh. all. Which is hard and rare to do. Yeah, I'll, I'll, that's yeah. There really aren't any duds. Now, when I was a kid, I thought uh, Kirstie Alley was a dud. Okay, that is true. Like, well, but in hindsight, give her a damn break, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's some great. There's some great stuff going on there with Kirstie. I have complicated feelings about Kirstie Alley, sure. so maybe I'm taking back my "there are no duds." She's fine. I need to rewatch those episodes. I just like I love Diane so much that when I was mar- yes. mainlining this, and I was like, I have six more seasons, and they're all. Rebecca. And it was more me being mad at what the writers were doing to that character because mm-hmm. <laughs> they kept making her get hopelessly in love with assholes. And yeah. it's like, oh, man, give her a break. But then I need to rewatch them. They're probably all fine. There's there's something there's something about Cheers, and I, I, I think I know why I love it so much. And I think it's something that other sitcoms share. I think Saved by the Bell mm. shares it absolutely. Common ground between these two disparate shows. Well, I think so. And I think they both kind of like made me happy in the same way and then kind of fucked me up in the same way. Oh. Which is that these groups of people, and I'm not I'm not like I'm just I'm just picking Saved by the Bell as an example. There's yeah, other yeah, shows yeah. That, that that share yeah. this as well. Um Mary Tyler Moore show is a good, good example as well. Uh these groups of people are so incredibly tolerant and welcoming of the horrible personalities of their friend group. <laughs> yeah. Like they at the be- at the beginning of this episode, yeah. Thanksgiving Orphans, Cheers, season five, episode nine. But the the cold open is Fraser is being the most ass headed bore, right? <laughs> like they tolerate they tolerate such boring, arrogant shit from yeah. Fraser. Uh, and, and and it goes on, right? And there's yeah. other, like in the rest of the episode, they are so <laughs> mean to each other. Yeah, the level of like sarcasm and insult <laughs> that they just let fall off them, like water yeah. up a duck's back from each other, is insane. <laughs> and it's like it's like think about how mean Sam is to Diana in front oh, yeah. of everybody. Yeah, Carla threatens to kill her. Yeah, you know, and it's jokey, but it's like. Oh, there's a woman threatening to stab me with a piece of metal. With a can and, over. Yeah, with a can. <laughs> you know, and it, and they're also mean to each other. Um, you know, well, they're not all mean to each other, right? Because, like yeah. you said, there's these relationships. You never see Norman Cliff yell at each other. Not really. Never. It, right? They they are definitely like kind of on the same page. And, yeah. Uh, and and uh, and everybody's pretty nice to Woody. Yeah. <laughs> right. And Woody likes everyone. Yeah, but like once they decide, hey, listen, we're in this group. Here we are together. We're gonna talk to each other like we're total pieces of shit sometimes. Yeah. But we're, we'll also, even though Carla slams the door and doesn't let <laughs> Diane come into her house, two seconds later she does. Yeah. And then it, you know, not to spoil it, but at the end, guess what? It's all very warm and friendly. Yeah. And there's even like a really, really warm 
uh, familiar moment at the end that I think goes beyond what any other script would require right. or what other shows would do, which we should talk about later, I think. Yeah, yeah, God. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the, let's get to the meat of this. Oh, yeah. The turkey meat. Drumsticks. Uh, this week I must have seen TV. <laughs> what I just said? Drumsticks. <laughs> Drumsticks. Uh, this week I must have seen TV. We're talking about the Cheers episode, Thanksgiving Orphans. It is the ninth episode of season five and was written by Sherry Eichen and Bill Steinkellner and directed by James Burroughs. Here's how Netflix describes the episode. Diane is among a select few graduate students. One of her professors is asked to spend Thanksgiving with his family in the pilgrim tradition. Taylor, how accurately does that describe the episode? <laughs> well, look, <laughs> you know. You're not one to spoil the episode, Netflix. Good job. Because <laughs> that's that literally is, like. one of like five threads. That is like minute three yeah. of the episode. And then it just pushes past that. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, so, like, the episode actually opens up with Woody coming in uh, with a Rudolph. Oh. Like a, like a handmade Woody, Rudolph we, decoration yes. that he wants to hang up in the bar. I love, okay, this, uh, yeah, so the first couple of minutes of this show after the credits are not great. I'm just going to say, this episode, not the best first two minutes uh, after after the credits. The first, the first thing we see is Woody putting up this pathetic, Aww. shitty little, like, Curled up paper Rudolph. Yeah. It's a Thanksgiving episode, but he's not putting up a horn of plenty or a, a no. bunch of orange he's leaves. He's getting into the into the season. Because, from my opinion, Black Friday is the first day you can celebrate Christmas. Sure, sure, sure. He's Before that, no, thank you. This little shitty Rudolph, and Sam very genuinely says, "Oh, look at that! Nice Rudolph." I made it myself. <laughs> <laughs> and then Fraser just totally starts like ragging on the whole like lore of well, I mean rightfully ragging on the lore of Rudolph. You know, I think maybe autistic people had it better before we had the word of autistic. <laughs> because you had people like Cliff and Fraser who were normalized by these characters in yeah. culture and they weren't categorized by these non neurotypical people. Yeah, yeah. You know, which obviously now there'd be constant jokes about them. Right. Oh, yeah, because yeah. Because we, we, that arch- archetype has sort of evolved to be the butt of jokes in different ways. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, that's – Fraser just, like, gives – he gets into what they made fun of him until he was useful. And then they just, like, what, do they let him play games? No, they made him put him nowhere. Like, it's – Yeah. It's he gives, true. like, the Slavoj Zizek reading of the the uh, Rudolph's yeah. <laughs> narrative. And just, you know, de- deconstructs it and bums thought, everyone the fuck out. It's also weird that at this point, Frasier is the ex-boyfriend of the woman that most of the cast doesn't like. And he's just continued to hang around. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is weird that like Diana's spending Thanksgiving with two of her exes, and one of those exes, she's under the weird delusion of that they're together still or going to get back together. Um, we do after that. That's the cold open. We get into the opening credits. Which, how do I not just like cry every time I hear? It's the opening credits are so good. <laughs> what the hell are those opening credits? They are. It is so nice. It is so Ugh. wonderful. It, and, okay, the opening credits combine these two ideas yeah. that the show also constantly uh, you know, uses and uh, alludes to. That, one, most people are drunks. <laughs> this is like the visual history of drunks throughout <laughs> yeah, history yeah, time. Yeah. It's a turn-of-the-century drunks. And we're all family, and you're welcome here. Yeah. And I also really like, they also pair uh, the name of the character with a with like their... 1901 counterpart, yeah, which is super cool to me. Oh no, no, it's super great. Uh, it's like what's that movie where uh, 
<laughs> What's that movie where Tom Hanks speaks in that weird post-apocalyptic pigeon language? Wait, what? You know, Cloud Atlas. Okay. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, here come the true true. Everybody know your true true name. That's if you've seen Cloud Atlas and Cheers, that's that's a great Holy bit. Holy crap. Well now I definitely have to see uh some Cloud Atlas. <laughs> you haven't seen Cloud Atlas? No. It's the Cheers of the Odds. Right, I, I I could okay. I'm get they need to cut that up into twenty minute chunks and restream it on mm-hmm. Hulu as Cheers twenty thirteen or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh but like every time I hear the opening credits, like they just it's like they were weaponized it's like weaponized nostalgia. It's like it's just yeah. even I obviously was not alive a hundred years ago, but it is just pinging all of these, I don't know, it's just like uh, adult brains. It's like, we don't need to get kids, but adults, we know what's going to get you, and it is like Mm. images of yesteryear, warm found family, like imagery, uh, a a sentimentally ballad that gets into a sweeping chorus. Yeah, it is is the best argument. I mean, it's the best argument for bringing back theme songs having God, a theme yes. song I, it's great it's fantastic it's so it is so synonymous with the show uh and also the memories around the show and also like the theme statement you want to go where everybody knows your name like i get choked up just saying <laughs> like, yeah. like, i, I want to cheers like i i need like we all need our cheers <laughs> like, i don't and i don't think in 30 years i don't think people are going to be talking this way about the full house theme song no, not to dismiss the no, because the yeah the the Full House theme song is generic. Like honestly, like everywhere you look, everywhere there's a heart. But it's the heart. same like, level it's... of lyrical generis genericness as the Cheers theme song. But I think that it isn't because spe- like you could take that and apply it to uh, Family Matters and Step by Step, one which they're all Jesse Franklin joints. Yeah. Um, there's something, you, baby. I love I love you, Jesse Franklin. Um, You're great. There's, but the you want to go where everybody. It's the Cheers theme song is talking about a place. Like it's not talking about like a familial ideal. It's like you want to go where everybody knows your name and like making yeah. your way in the world today takes everything you got. Like it does feel the the verse feels like you had a bad day at work. Like the way it is sung. Like everything. It feels like you are just like <laughs> slogging through, and then you want to go where it's. It's a theme song about a place, and Cheers is a place. And like season one is all set in Cheers. They never leave that bar in season yeah, one. Yeah, every episode is a bottle episode, and uh, and that's what makes it so perfect for this show. I mean, yeah. also the Fresh Prince theme song is also perfect, and you can't apply that to any other. That's true. <laughs> I mean, that is that's another great example of a theme song that is just yeah. in our culture. Yeah, it is like Cheers theme song too. They are just yeah. in our culture, not going anywhere. And so. I, I would also I'd say the Friends theme song is also. Oh, see, I think no, you're biased. <laughs> I, I think that's for you maybe, but not for the general populace. Uh, I'm just trying to think when you do improv hotspot, what are the songs people improv? Who? What is the audience for this podcast? Exactly. <laughs> As a, go back to the John Bershot episode where we talk about Fresh Prince, and we, where we both admitted that you one out of twenty improv shows you see will work in the Fresh Prince theme song. Oh yeah, yeah, one God. out of twenty. Get me the hell out of here. Pretty well. Woof. So after the opening credits, which are uh, amazing, we start getting into Diane's creep. Like, what is this? What is her plot? Like, well, what? If, okay, so. Cold open, Fraser being a depressing bore. Yeah. Back from the credits, Fraser again being a depressing bore, right? Yeah. Right? Or yeah. am I confusing those two things? Well, it's, Diane is like wearing a, a straight up, she dressed like a pilgrim, yeah, or she's like getting her pilgrim costume ready. And she's telling everyone about her professor invites. My graduate American literature professor, Dr. Narsutis, annually recreates the first Thanksgiving dinner at his home. He only invites 
two or three favored students to break bread with his family and other honored guests such as William Styron. And guess who's going to be there? William Styron? That's a creepy ass professor. It's it's well that used to be, you know, the way it was. Yeah. Uh, that was back and, in the day. And also Diane introduced in the pilot episode of Cheers running away with her professor to right. marry him. Oh well I'm, of course. <laughs> so wait, hold on, explain this to me. In, in this season, is, is the is there a storyline that she's going to like night school? Yeah, or I think yeah, I think so. She's gone back to she's gone Yeah, back. yeah, yeah. She's all over the map in those first five seasons. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of mean that's kind of her character. She Absolutely. is a flighty all over the map, like, I'm in a mental hospital. I'm, she becomes a nun for a couple episodes in, like, season three or four. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think if Diane, if, Diane, if Diane were Diane today, if, you know, uh, she would definitely, like, uh, yeah. constantly be changing jobs. Her cell phone screen would be broken, but she'd have a great-looking Instagram. Yes. Um, you know? <laughs> that's, that's in a nutshell. Yeah. Broken iPhone, but great Instagram. Yeah. Oh, so... Uh, but so she's super hyped on this, and everyone is kind of like, uh, yeah, whatever. This is this is weird. Just go away, please. Uh, and we find out one by one that none of our cheersies, our cheersers, have places to go. Or at least not where they feel welcome. Yeah, yeah. Norm, Norm says, and I thought this was a really funny take on it. <laughs> you can see the writers like, how are we going to get Norm into this? We yeah. got to figure out. You two, he, go. He, figure out how to get Norm into this. He's married. He is the only he's one married. Of is he's married. married. And they go to Vera's family. They go to Vera's mom ha- mom's house uh, for Thanksgiving every year. And he wants to back out just because he's sick of it. Yeah. I'm just like, that ain't how it works, buddy. Yeah. Eight, <laughs> eight years in a row. And he's like, they- now we got to go to Vera's mother's. Such a drag. No beer, no TV. Heat turned up to 80. I mean, so, of course it's terrible. You're describing yeah. hell. Yeah, that is, that's also partly my family in Tennessee. Well, there's no drinking and probably pretty hot, but football all over the place, which is my hell, because I don't want to watch football on Thanksgiving. Give me the parade and then give me sitcom Thanksgiving episodes. Sure, sure. Which is what we watch at mine. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, and then, yeah, so he says, I'm just going to go to Vera's. Yeah. Uh, Carla's kids are all with her ex-husband, Nick. Right. Except one of her kids is with a different man. So, because she gets pregnant by just like a rando in season three. So Nick has also taken this kid that is not his with all of them. Whoa, talk about modern family. Yeah, right. (laughs) I think Nick Tortelli should get a pat on the back for that. Taking (laughs) care of a kid that isn't even his. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Well, <laughs> he had his own sitcom. He had his own spinoff. What? The tor- there was a cheer spinoff called The Tortellis that only lasted what? like half a season. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, and it was Nick and his like floozy, like floppy valley girl wife. Oh, wow. Talk yeah. about unwanted children. Um, <laughs> so <sighs> Diane basically kind of strong arms Carla into hosting Thanksgiving. Wait a second. Listen to you. Carla, you have a new place. You could have a little gathering. Forget it. Oh, come on. What could be more enjoyable than opening your heart with holiday cheer? Opening yours with a can opener? (laughs) That's kind of like a, I don't know, a dick. Is that a dick move on Diane's part to like, or is this part of their Cold War? Because it seems like Carla, Carla obviously hates Diane. Diane doesn't hate Carla as much as Carla hates Diane. Yeah, because she recognized that Carla she she knows that Carla doesn't really hate her. Right. And and this goes back to what I was saying earlier. Like yeah. they just let the weirdest most like if that were a modern workplace, yeah. everyone would get fired. Yeah. <laughs> everyone is fired except maybe like Fraser and Norm. Even though they really get in on well, Fraser says some really mean <laughs> shit. But like, yeah. you know, like, the way they treat each other would be completely 
out of bounds in modern yeah. society. Because if Sam was actually trying to run a real bar, he would not want his waitresses like threatening to murder each other in front of customers all the time, and usually concocting crazy schemes to like hurt the other one. Well, they'd all be pretty, crying. Yeah, pretty like, distracting. There's, there's one moment where, uh, so you know, Diane gets invited to this fancy uh, party with like Tom Pynchon, or, or uh, who was it, like Will Styron or someone, oh, some famous wait, was author. Was an actual person? Yeah. Okay, because she like name drops an author. So she name drops 50 people in this episode. Yeah. This was, like, I thought, yeah, she like, like, it is like it is so funny and later on she gets in this thing where she just lists people she, yeah. before the dinner she says she's thankful for Caravaggio and just, that was one of my favorite jokes in the episode yeah. oh yeah like, well, they're just pushing that character as far as they can for a split second yeah. but there's one so so uh, 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 um, so she's gonna go to that and they're all everyone else is gonna go together and at the end of one of the act breaks Sam says to Diane boy you know I don't know who's luckier you, because you get to go to that great party, or us, because you get to go to that great party. <laughs> and I was like, but he said it with such malice, yeah. such like careless disdain for her. Yeah. Like that would make a normal person cry. Yeah. <laughs> and Diane like just powers through. Just right, yeah, doesn't and honestly like orchestrates the entire episode mm-hmm. by like convincing Carla to host everyone. Uh, also, Cliff's mom is going to hand out vegetables or whatever at the. At a, like a charity place, going to hand out food, and they're like, "Well, why aren't you going to go?" And he's like, "I already did my, I already did my charity for the United Hands Across America." That's good. I love. I mean, well, should we address the other elephant in the room of how much I love Cliff Clavin? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, we all have our idols. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love Cliff is my favorite, my favorite character on this show. I think he's great. Um, uh, I met John Ratzenberger at San Diego Comic Con mm. a couple years ago. Not at the con, just at a hotel. When I was, we were, I think we were staying in the same hotel, and it was 2014, so it was right after I'd watched all of it. And I was just like, I gotta get a picture with him. <laughs> and so he was too busy. He was talking to a whole bunch of kids who were obviously like, "Want do the do the pig voice from Toy Story?" The, this, the Toy that's Story. His, that is him. Yeah. He's doing it. Yeah, that's all the time. <laughs> that's every voice. Uh, yeah, I'm a pig. And so I, all right, so I like got his. I got a picture. I was like, "You're." I just watched all of Cheers, and you're my favorite. And that was it. Oh, not a great story. But I was. I was called. My family would call me Cliff Clavin as an insult. Why? Because I would do what he does. I oh, would just start listing facts. Things. <laughs> yeah. I had a little known fact about Egyptians, yeah. right? Like, yeah. Actually. Yeah. Um, actually, uh, yeah, actually, you know. Uh, Which is a part that he bullshitted to get uh, on the show. Really? He went in, I think he went in to audition for Norm. And I, I don't know if he could, like, read the room and since it, like, it wasn't going well. And mm-hmm. so, like, on his way out, he was like, oh, turn to the casting room. And was like, oh, by the way, do you guys have a, uh, like, a bar know-it-all? Because every bar is a know-it-all. And they're like, no, what are you talking about? He's like, oh. Then he just goes into Cliff. And then, so they, like, liked it. They liked what he did, and so they wrote him into the pilot. He's not a regular, he's in every episode of season one, but he's not the opening credits. He's just recurring. He's just, like, a random bar fly that's there. Uh, And he's there to basically, like, do that. Like, in the pilot episode, it's like, you know what the sweatiest movie is, Alien. Like, so he created that character and just bluffed and got on the show. (laughs) Wow. Created my my dear my dear dear sweet cliff well he was absolutely right yeah and like it, it also speaks to like how amazing the writers were at picking the archetypes for the characters mm-hmm. because both Frasier and Cliff are know-it-alls but they're two very very different kinds Frasier's of know-it-alls act- and also like in Diane but it's like Frasier is saying true things and Cliff is saying insane things oh no I just realized that if Cliff was if Cheers was today, like Cliff would be like an alt right, like the worst, <laughs> the worst. Like, don't you'd have to unfriend him on Facebook immediately. 
Yeah. I mean, like, we used to... Kim Trails the, Well, yeah, like, the conspiracy theorists, well, actually, it was, you know, it's this, it's this secret knowledge that you didn't know about. Those guys used to be, like, kind of adorably sweet. Yeah. Like, Cliff and, like, Dan Aykroyd in Sneakers, which is yeah. my favorite one of all time. Or just Dan Aykroyd in real life. Oh, yeah. Just watch that Crystal Skull Vodka video. Yeah, or the original 300-page script for Ghostbusters. Oh, uh, I you love know. Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> yeah. I love him so much. Uh, uh, but, you know, and now it's a shame that, like, our little, our fun little conspiracy... Uh, 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 know it all at the bar is now like falling now, into I, the I mean, I will to speak to True TV, like Adam Conover needs to take back the buzzkill fact-based party pooper. Persona. Oh, he's a Fraser. At, that yeah. is a Fraser. Yeah. Like Adam, take Adam, that back. Take it back. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a, Adam ruins everything is so very a much Fraser. a, that is, it might as well be called Fraser. Fraser. Fraser of the show. Fraser, cheers Fraser. Because Fraser Fraser is different. It's Joe they Fraser. Are, they are different characters. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different, <laughs> it's a different one. Uh, yes. No. Yeah. Cheers, Fraser. Not Fraser. Fraser. Yeah. Because Cheers, Fraser is that Fraser. Fraser. He has to become. He he becomes weirdly dumb. <laughs> you have to specify. <laughs> I love the double Fraser. Yeah. Like, Fraser. Like, Fraser. Fraser is a little bit dumber. A little bit more stubborn and high. Uh, low status. High status. Like he's a high status. Low status character. Well, he cares more about people. Yeah. Uh, but he also cares more about what people think about right. him. Whereas Cheers Frazier is like, he's not the lead, so he gets to be more like one of the guys. He doesn't have to have like as deep of a personality mm. as like Sam or other people have. Of course. Um, so then we get to uh, the Thanksgiving. Basically, I, I wrote down that this entire episode, uh, it does not have follow like the A plot, B plot right. structure. It is a, which is pretty true of most sitcoms preach cheers is one of the shows that really started hammering that home hammering the ace a, a story a plot, b story b plot. Yeah. uh also barney miller which is what oh. i discovered doing research at work is barney miller also did that also um but this one is different from just the ones that are more like one act plays and that this really feels a lot more like a bunch of series of vignettes which the vignette style of storytelling is what i really associate with holidays because it's what like uh, a Christmas story, Christmas vacation, like all these movies yes. are, are like, here are, here's what you do at a holiday. We're going to show it to you for five minutes and move on to the next thing, which isn't really plot moving forward. It's mm-hmm. just, so the, the, what's the, the first like little vignette we get in, um, in the, in Carla's house is them watching football and then the parade switching over to the parade so we get mm-hmm. some par- like parade talk okay can i ask you a question yeah we open up on that no i think it's the parade first is it okay parade first because and the reason i remember that is because it opened up they're watching the thanksgiving day parade which happens at what time in the day oh it's like 9 a.m and the coffee table is full of empty beer cans yeah. <laughs> they have either carla didn't clean those up or these guys also, have been carla drinking. had a rough night the night before no shit or every night probably and the kids are out of town and it's like i'm just i'm partying I mm-hmm. think they th- those guys probably showed up ready to get. Yeah, hammered. I mean that like it is implied that they began drinking at eight o'clock in the right. morning. Yeah, well, all, it's uh, <laughs> uh oh oh uh, gotta talk about they Cliff. drink so much. Gotta, I know this is a show that always takes place in a bar and everyone is always drinking, this, but the the amount of alcohol it shows them consuming right. is bonkers. You do you you know about my other podcast that I tried to start a year ago and need to still start? And if other people start peer pressuring me into it through this episode, I will do it. Because I taped two episodes is Drunk Cheers. Well, I'm thinking now we should stop the show, go have three <laughs> drinks, and then start. I'm serious. Should we just pause the rec- recording, go have three beers, and then come back? Yeah, and sure. Re- why not? Record. Okay, yeah, hold I mean, on. That's Cheers. That's on game, right? I've got. Do you have the time? Yes, I do too. All right, we'll be right back. Wait, I'm not the host of the show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll be right back. Jeez. Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. 
Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Boy, what a break. No, uh, yeah, so we are now, I guess, as drunk as the, as in theory, as Fraser, no Woody, and she. Those, I feel like they've built up a tolerance. For sure, for sure. The tolerance is very different. So with the, the things that, so let me pick up where we left. Drunk Cheers is a podcast I hope to lodge soon where we do this. Um, I, me and I, oh my God, me and all my friends uh, get together. We drink. We like shotgun two to three beers, and then oh. we read, and then and then we read a cheers script. So oh. it's called Drunk Cheers. I am, or maybe actual cheers, <laughs> because that's really the. Um, and we did two episodes last November, um, and I still haven't released them yet. So that might be an Acast project coming up at some point soon. Well, there's some IP questions. I'll no, give you my lawyer's all, uh, yeah, Slack name. Um, so the other thing, because I, I think hit Ross, up my lawyer on a uh, kick. <laughs> Yik yak. <laughs> no, um, the other thing that I guess I'm now more emboldened to talk about than ever is how oh god drunk they must be in this episode. And also, how hot Cliff is in this Cliff episode. Is, yeah, Cliff is totally hot. Now, um, now, can I tell you Cliff, something? Uh, Cliff, okay, uh, Cliff is wearing. Let's oh, get. Oh yeah, yes, yeah, please, 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 lead with this. Uh, Cliff is wearing a blue no shirt, a blue tie, and then a gray sweater vest with like maroon argyle pattern and i he's he's adorable i can't help it i'm also like a uh not thin mustachioed man so i see i see myself and i also uh i, I he's just he's adorable yeah but also like you were so young when you saw a cliff in this episode i mean or, three know. years ago 2013 <laughs> i was already living with my now husband hopped up on no painkillers yeah. uh, <laughs> uh but like but like uh what what a weird coincidence that like you happen to develop this type in, in parallel with Cliff already existing when you were oh, young and then in, I your, came to it and time. it was like oh no um yeah I I sure why not Cliff is also a canonical speedo wearer really <laughs> yes okay that's established in the friends now part. I'm into it no uh it's established in the friends I I I am a pro speedo I'm a speedo advocate. <laughs> Like so a brand the, ambassador? Yeah. Um please uh any if you have a uh Speedo startup you have a, a Speedo a, a well established giant company. No, well, uh, you have it, a Speedo startup. It became a like Xerox and Kleenox. It became Kleenox, Xenox, mm. Xerox and Kleenox. It became a um god is that that thing where you interchangeably use the the one predominant brand Propri- with, I know this word, proprietary unim. Right. Uh, it's not. It's a swim brief. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I so I, it's a it's a thing I have that I I'm gonna pitch an article probably next summer when it's appropriate, seasonally appropriate about like when characters like like the fact that in it's in the <laughs> Fraser episode um, when they're all going to Cliff's retirement party and this is Fraser like, Fraser Fraser Fraser. This uh. is like eight years after. Cheers has ended. Hold on one second. Just points to me because to our listeners, that will sound like we were just talking about Fraser Fraser, but to me and you, it has been like an hour. Yeah, since yeah, yeah. Yep. About Fraser, Fraser, Fraser Fraser. So on Fraser Fraser, so Cheers, ha- uh, Fr- uh, Cliff is having a retirement party, and he's like, it's time for me to retire to my Speedos. I uh, know it's time for me to retire and live in my Speedos. And Carlo's <laughs> like, ain't nothing can live in your Speedos. Ah, uh, that's good. That's yeah, funny. Good, does that mean he's got, he, does that mean he's got a big old butt and wiener, or does that mean that like he stinks? What is like that's that's a weird thing to say. Yeah, I don't nothing know. Nothing can Carlos, live in your Speedos. Yeah, I don't know. Does that mean there's no Cliff room? Is going to li- yeah, or that there's no 
biological. I think it's, it's like a biological. Like, like there's the, no the, biosphere. The system is so hostile, nothing can live in it. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> a, a thing that annoys me. It's like Venus. Me. It's 200 degrees and it's mostly made of acid. <laughs> the thing that annoys me is the body shaming of Cliff Clavin. Oh. Where. Okay, like tell our, me about it, brother. Are I'm preaching? I've had three beers, three and a half. I'm working on three and a half, so I'm gonna get into it. Uh, God, this is. I'm sorry. We said three, and then Brett went to the bathroom, and I went and accidentally got halves. The thing is, is that Whoops. we live in a society that body shames men into thinking that when it comes to beach attire, we have to wear knee length or longer board shorts. That is like literally yards of fabric that, when you get out of a pool, cling to all of your body and keep you fucking cold. Whereas women, no matter their body type, no matter their age, if you go to any store like a Target or a JCPenney or anywhere else, they have to wear garments that show their entire leg. No matter, because even like swimsuits made for yep. larger women will be like a one piece or like a little dressy thing, mm-hmm. but it still is a, you know, a... Get them legs out there. Get them legs out there. Get them thighs out there. But the male thigh is almost as offensive as the male testicle. Right, It's and it's so, it's such bullshit. So the fact that Cliff like mm-hmm. me, has reached a point in their life where they're like, I am more comfortable in this garment. I love my body enough to where I am fine with showing it off. And also the male body should not be uh, shackled and constrained and shamed. That's just so like celebrate it. And I, the, the yeah. fact that Cliff like is like, I'm going to go live in my Speedos. And also there's another, there are multiple episodes of Cheers where he talks about wearing speedos it's it is a subplot and it is always because it's a funny joke i think the right. speedos became in the um popular vernacular of the 80s yes and so there's a lot there's a lot of jokes about cliff wearing them and the joke is that he shouldn't because of his body of course but the thing is is the fact that cliff feels comfortable enough in his body to do that and to take that stand against the type of shit that sold at target that men should wear that are like plaid 12 inch long inseam bullshit is Amazing, and Cliff should be celebrated for loving himself enough and being comfortable enough in himself to do that. And I love Cliff Clavin for it. And that is why on T Public you can buy a T-shirt of Cliff and Norm on vacation, where Cliff is rocking a fucking speedo, and Norm is wearing a T-shirt and trunks, and they are cheersing each other. Is Boom. it canon? Is this is this T-shirt? Does it happen in an episode? Is this T-shirt canon? No, it's not canon. God damn um, it! It's crazy that. Men are repressed by saying your legs or your, your body should be covered up, and women are repressed by saying your body must never be covered up. Right. Yep. Because um, I know so many women I mean, that would— it actually makes a ton of sense. I, yeah, exactly. I know so many women that would want to wear swim trunks at the beach, but no one fucking makes swim trunks for women. Yeah. Whereas— Maybe you don't want strangers looking at your inner thigh. Exactly. Who cares why? Maybe you don't want No, that. but like you're going to have to buy men's fucking shorts. Yeah, sorry. You got to wear shorts? Ugh. And it's like, oh, why are you wearing shorts, you fucking weirdo? It's like, so, well, because maybe I get to be in charge of who sees what. Exactly. I love Speedos. I proselytize them quite often. I There's an episode of Friends that we will watch next summer that gets deeply into this. I'm warming warming up to the idea. I I feel that my underwear and my bathing suits are getting shorter and tighter as I go. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm I'm also even... (laughs) And not because I'm like ballooning out, which is nothing wrong with that. But just like taste-wise, I I feel like I'm kind of moving away from the uh, 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 military (laughs) surplus tank top cargo short. Right. uh, So anyway, Cliff is wearing an an amazing sweater vest. (laughs) I know, I love Cliff, and I, I feel a kinship with him because he's a fellow Speedo. Well, can we wearer. talk about? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Talk about the style. Can we talk about the styles at the time? 
Carla's house looks disgusting. Well, Every, it, there's toys in places. Cle- and Carla, you have you new guests were coming over for at least for a, a day. Holiday. At least a day. At least 24 hours, you knew guests were coming over. Let's assume they're having Thanksgiving on a Thursday or a Sunday. She knew on Tuesday. Oh, it's or definitely, I feel like it's definitely a Thursday. Thanksgiving. Uh, well, and Thanksgiving is technically always a Thursday. <laughs> I feel yeah, like I think maybe it's a they had their quote unquote their dinner on whatever. Day. I don't yeah. know. Listen, I don't know. All I'm saying is, Carla, you knew these folks were coming. Put up. You, you're not cooking anything but vegetable sides. Put up well, the toys. She really isn't cooking much. We She's discovered not, because Norm, Norm brings doing a turkey. fucking thirty pound turkey over that in a is, paper bag. That is. Th- not it's just like a raw turkey. It's it's absolutely raw. It's very funny. He's it's definitely never line. he's definitely never cooked a turkey before because he his, does not his mother always does that. Mm-hmm. Everyone looks just everyone watch this episode. Everyone in the first act that takes place in the so there's three acts. There's the bar mm-hmm. before dinner dinner the bar. Everyone is wearing some flavor of beige. The That's, background actors is the brownest show. It is brown. It, it is, the is brownest a fucking flesh tone show. show. Yeah, if yeah, you yeah. want to see an episode of Cheers, look at the inside of your elbow. Mm-hmm. That is that is that is what the, the color palette. <laughs> there of are Cheers. some. There's like season two. I think is where Sam Malone looks like he is carved out of wood. Yeah, where his <laughs> where his stained where his skin tone. And his hair, his hair is the same are shade, the same shade of like a mahogany, Flesh. like a fleshy mahogany. <laughs> and it is, and it is, it's super fucking gross, is yeah. what it is. Wait, so who? Okay, so hey, let's go into it. Who would or I who who I wouldn't in the Cliff, cheers cast? Uh, everybody, I, I would. I would. I would definitely. Fuck I would. Cliff. Everybody in cheers. Really? Yes. Wait, who, even who Norm, wouldn't wait. you? Well, yeah, do Norm. <sighs> I mean, everyone's so funny. Cliff. Well, whoa, whoa, is that your main? That's kind of it. <laughs> okay, yeah, because like Cliff is obviously my type, so the, he's the one. Um, but then I mean, like I guess, oh, Frazier has a great chest. Because okay, if you, I re- I recently rewatched all of, I rewatched all of Frazier this year. Kelsey Grammer must have had it in his contract where he had to be shirtless at least six episodes a season. <laughs> because Frazier is fucking shirtless so much. But I don't remember him being a real gym rat, if you know no, what I mean. He, no, it comes out of nowhere. He is, it's either he's wearing a robe or he's like stayed over at like a lady's house. So it's like, not always a punchline. No, he, no, he's yeah, he just, just liked it. He is just shirtless. I don't hate him for that. A. A lot. Uh, like it is. It is. Okay. I, w- I would honestly say, of like the like two hundred episodes of of Frasier, he is probably shirtless. A solid seventy. Mm. <laughs> a solid seventy episodes. He is shirtless. Must be nice on set. So, um, when well, well what did you have to say about their uh, their Thanksgiving dinner attire? Okay, so Cliff, I think Cliff is the- wearing a. A dope-ass sweater vest that is just so Cliff adorable. looks great. Everyone else looks fucking disgusting. <laughs> uh, I like... Sam's jacket deserves oh. a fucking Vanity Fair article about it. It's like we an We should Easter have people jacket. come forward about Sam's jacket. It's like an Easter... It's like a very pastel it Easter Sunday so jacket. It is so fucking gross. Yeah. A villain on Ren and Stimpy <laughs> would wear this jacket. It's a plaid, isn't it? It's whatever. Well, what, is that a plaid? Yeah, I, as, a, as, a, as, a, as Scottish garbage... For 300 years, I, <laughs> I, I resent that it's a Scottish or something that might be you're, plaid. Descend, you're descendant of the Scots. Oh, yeah, Western Europe and white trash. Yeah, okay, yeah I'm, all, I'm all English. Urine? I'm all English. Um, you're in Greyjoy. I, I'm, a, I'm a Greyjoy. What do you Woody is wearing a red turtleneck. Right, it's like a that's no, fine. Is he is he wearing a turtleneck under I that? Feel like fucking it's like a Trump administration of a jacket. Is he wearing a jacket? Sam. See, 
Oh, no, Sam is... No, I'm talking about Woody is wearing a red turtleneck. I'll never stop talking about Sam's jacket. <laughs> I'm going to go home and my wife's going to be like, stop talking about the jacket. It, is, it is egregious. Uh, I did like Fraser's tie. He's wearing a... It's oh too my God. thin, but it was the 80s. Yeah, it's a, it's a thin... I also think it's a flat bottom. Ugh. It's like a straight bottom. Okay, fine. There's 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 a really like, nice professorial style for Fraser that yeah, I Yeah, except do his dig. hair looks like a Trump wig. His hair is insane. It's bad. Also, his hair, like first season Fraser Fraser, is also nuts. But the house also is gross. It's not like yeah. hair and makeup fucked up. That's not what we're saying. Also, Carla clearly states, um, like, <laughs> I think Cliff, like, yeah, thinks- Carla, look, I, I really want to tell you how much I appreciate you writing me over here. Don't mention it. I, I really appreciate it. No, I mean, don't ever mention to anyone that I let you in this house. And I'm like, uh, in the very first, in the episode where you bought this house, Cliff came over and helped you prove that it didn't have ghosts in it. <laughs> Truth. And also, who is she like? In what circle is she protecting her rep? Yeah, she works she at the bar. Only she has hangs out Thanksgiving with, the with these people. So they know. Also, okay, fashion wise, I wrote down Carla in either the biggest fashion faux pas or the greatest fashion achievement of the entire episode is wearing a shiny cheetah print jumpsuit. <laughs> I didn't even notice. I feel like I, I legit have I I don't know if you're being honest right no, now because I, am I did being not totally notice. Honest, what she and was I feel wearing. like I only noticed because we were watching on your big screen in your fancy office, fancy Kickstarter offices theater. Um, she is wearing like a she's wearing a belt, I think. So it is bifur, bifurcated. Um, well, sure. Um, so it, but it is a it is a shiny leopard cheetah print jumpsuit, which is a bold choice for Thanksgiving. And also, not something she wore to the bar. So, like, this is a, like, oh, oh this she's is, working at the bar. This is my special occasions outfit. Yeah, the, my a group of alcoholics that I work with are coming into my house for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, also, so they they start watching the parade, and Woody is mm. really excited to see the Sheldon balloon. Is it the Woody the Woodpecker balloon? I think it's the Woody the wo- Woodpecker. Yeah, no. Now it's been hours since we watched the episode <laughs> because we had to drink three beers. Um, but 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 there's this moment where Cliff musses Woody's hair. We're like, Woody is so genuinely excited about watching the parade, and Cliff gives him a like, ah, you scamp, and like musses his hair. And I think that that's this like sweet moment of like the bond between these characters. Yeah, sure. That I like so respond to of like it's so sweet. Yeah. But they're also not mean to each other. Is Cliff ever mean to Woody? I don't. I don't think anyone is ever mean to Woody. How could you be? Yeah, every once in a while. Would you be mean to the Woody? I, uh, of course not. That Woody is the in this era of Cheers. Woody is the kind of stupid that you tread very lightly around and sort of adores. You want to preserve like a pet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's also like replacing Coach. We'll get to that. Ooh, boy, will we? In a bit. Um. Also, in my notes, I have right down, Norm moves the TV, then Frazier does. So, like, as Norm comes in, he comes in with that gray turkey. <laughs> and he's like, I'm going to cook it. And he comes in and sit down to watch football. And, like, he just, like, physically moves Carla's TV to face him and 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 him alone. Yeah. and Super Woody, weird move. Yeah. And Woody and Cliff, like, just, move, just like, without saying a word, just move to the other side of the couch, screwing over Frazier, who's on the other side of the couch. But that's the episode. That, that is the entire microcosm of yeah. this social social group in in microcosm <laughs> like that's it like that move is it like yeah. no one speaks up and says hey norm that was a really shitty thing you did 
don't do it. Well, Everyone just yeah. adapts or well, fights it. And I think there's also this deference that people pay to Norm because every time he walks in to cheers the bar proper, <laughs> yeah, of course, everyone's always like Norm, Norm famously, and, and then you always hear Diane. A half second later, a half beat later, be like, Norman? Did you know that? Did you ever uh, yes, notice that? Yes, it's I did. It's such yeah. a great, like, that is a, that is such an amazing character. Or, that's why Cheers is amazing, is because in the first couple episodes, when it, before Diane is integrated into the cast, you get this feel of like, well, the, the ritual and tradition is normal because everyone goes, Norm! And then the fact that Diane, every time, always says, Norman, is such a great constant reminder of like, She's the spanner in the works. Yeah. She's the outsider. Like she's the dip. She is why we're watching Cheers. The show is because she the, is why we're watching Cheers. She's the agent of change yep. that has like altered their normal thing. And just the fact that she says Norman is so great. And every time that he walks in, he and everyone says Norm. I always listen for that Norman. And yeah. it's she's the great. Mr. Belvedere. Yeah, I mean she's trying to bring everybody up to her level and. She not only is she wrong to do so, but she can't. But the intention is so correct. Like yeah. it's 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 uh, it's uh, TV gold, folks. I mean, she's she's great. It's, there's there's a reason why this show is the best sitcom of all time. Oof! No, I'm a Seinfeld boy. Well, you're you're a sucker. I think Seinfeld's the best TV show of all time. The very beginning and the very end, I think, like are massive dips, massive yes, um, valleys correct. of. But the middle part where it is, it, it hits a high. Yeah, absolutely. But that. listen, I w- I would argue that the, the the beginning and the dip are bad for good reasons, mm-hmm. which is that it is hard to bring something truly revolutionary and true into the world, and it is also hard to end a story. Oh God, yeah. At all, period. But also, it is really hard to end Seinfeld because. One of the underlying truths of Seinfeld is that everything is horrible forever, and there is no justice or resolution. <laughs> so it was hard to begin because it was so good, and it was hard to end because it was true in opposition to how we want TV shows to behave. Right. But uh, that's a different show. Yeah. Uh, we've done Seinfeld. You can go back to listen to episode four, where we talk about the pen episode of Seinfeld. Ooh, the gravity pen, the space pen. So good. Yeah. Um. So... There were so also I was saying there were vignettes in this episode. Three so the, acts. There are three almost separate acts, right? Yeah. So the next the the agent of chaos, our Diane comes back. So this is the part where Diane comes to Carla's place and she opens the door and is it Sam or no Norma's expecting his wife and Carla answers it and she immediately slams the door in Diane's <laughs> yeah, face. It's a really good laugh. Line. I'm waiting for some duddy old aunt to show up and spoil all your fun. Gobble gobble. <laughs> Such a good physical comedy bit. And I think that's the act break. Because the, yes. act, the next act opens up with Diane outside. This super weird establishing outside. shot. Can we talk about that for yes, a second? Because yes. it was like, like both of us in the theater gasped. Yeah. Because it was like, not only did we not expect to see an establishing shot of a location that we had never seen before, and we'll never see again, yeah. but there is a character in the establishing shot. So at some point before, after filming the episode before, uh, taping the episode before a studio audience, they took Diane, or they took a, uh, a like, a script supervisor or a yeah. intern. A, a broom. In Pilgrim outfit, and put her, like, whatever exterior shot they were using for Carla's house, like, they, they physically put this person out there. And it's and obviously shot. like an L.A. suburb. Yeah. Like, and it's then, obviously in, like, a fucking valley village. Yeah, and they shot an exterior shot. Yeah. Of this character, like, knocking at the door just for that one establishing of, like, well, Dan- Diane's outside. Yeah, I, that, 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 it, 
it took me aback, I believe is what it the, was what very yeah, very shocking. But now but now Diane's in the house. So our second act has been bifurcated by the pre-Diane. We're drinking and watching the parade. The second half of the second act is Diane is now in the house. Uh, we have to wrap up her story before we can get to the we real learn, We show. learn the truth. The truth. Of what happened to Diane. All of these uh, college students were hired to be domestic help. Yeah. Oof. And it's such mm-hmm. a it's such a one who she it's such a great she even says like the line of like so when she found out she was gonna be domestic help she like threw the tray down reapplied her mascara and then left yeah which conjures up and the and everyone i think the show takes a beat to like really let that sit of like let the audience picture diane having an emotional breakdown and then selfishly or like uh full of my selfishly reapplying her mascara (laughs) yeah i think it's great. great and then they tell her hey stand up for yourself Make a phone call. Tell this guy what an asshole he is. And then there's this great joke that I love. And and it, Cheers does this twice in the episode. This little thing that you think is not going to come back. Obviously, it comes back. It's mentioned a second time. Uh, earlier in the episode, she says, I reapplied my mascara, and then I fled. I wept, and I fled. And then she calls him. She she picks up the phone. She dials the number. Hello, Dr. Narsutis. This is Diane Chambers. Uh, yes, the one who fled. Yeah. Oh, we get that great second beat of That's the fled, the word fled. The one who fled. It's and great. then she says, yeah, is this going to affect my grade? And like, you can see the show rushing to wrap up the storyline. Because we need to get to that third act. Because we got to get to the all of them together. The next vignette. The next vignette, the third um, act. I also wrote down, Diane is so motherly. Oh, I think I wrote that, that, wrote that down because in the, in the next vignette, they're at the, around the dinner table. Mm-hmm. Carla says they're all going to sit boy, girl, boy, girl, except for Cliff, who can sit anywhere. Yeah, what does that mean? Well, I mean, it's because Cliff is not manly enough to qualify as a man. But that's weird. But, and also... Norm is? And there are also only two women there, so I think (laughs) even sheer numbers, they can't sit boy, girl, boy, girl, because there are, like, five guys and two women. Yeah. What does she mean about Cliff? Like, what, what... Gender cultural signifier does he is he lacking that make that like makes that joke work? I there's a there's a weird um Carla throughout the course of the series is fascinating because she is both a wrecking ball to gender norms of what a woman should be, um because she is loud, abrasive, aggressive, terrifying, intimidating, which are all things you do not associate with women being. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, she well, also there's the, the the like the virgin whore, the like creator destroyer dichotomy. Yeah. But she also is very into perpetuating the idea of masculinity as a weapon. And, yeah, because like she's always attacking the men for not being macho enough in other ways, specifically Cliff. And uh, Cliff is such a sweetie. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's pretty harmless. He's um he, I I mean like watching the show and like I don't I do not relate to Cliff, but like uh, Cliff being my favorite character, I did get really annoyed with the constant. Once they decide, there's a thing that multicam sitcoms do where they like figure out what the like character's one game is, mm-hmm. and it was like season two or three when they first established that Cliff lived with his mom. Mm-hmm. So there's like a whole couple seasons where those are not the primary jokes. Right. But as soon as they hit on the oh, Cliff still lives with his oh, mother, right. that becomes like they're like the writers like latch onto it and that becomes like Cliff's defining I mean, this episode itself is like Cliff's mom is doing this thing that Cliff isn't gonna be a part of, which is why he's alone. Look, let's just say Cliff Clavin is a fundamentally queer narrative. Oh God, he uh I 
I I fanfic a gay club. <laughs> I, I, I honestly I don't think you got to fic too hard. And that is literally true because I wrote a uh, a comic book um, that has not been published <laughs> called. Well, I, I was gonna call it Spooky Cheers because it's basically Ugh. it's 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 Cheers, but everyone there is involved in some aspect of the supernatural. So being one, a skeleton. Yeah, one character is a ghost hunter who is basically Cliff Clavin, but he's gay. <laughs> Which is just like me. But, but he's a ghost hunter who doesn't go to work. He just yeah, lets he just the ghosts pile up in his van. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he's also, uh, he's gay, which is because Cliff should be gay. But that's what, but that's what the, the writers are saying here. Is that right? Is that is that Cliff is gay? He's not a he's not a man. He lives with his mother. Well, there's also he's so many. Smart, there's a lot of jokes about this in. too. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, Cliff losing his virginity plot lines, or or theoretically losing. Right. Everyone's got to force him because he's not doing it himself. Gosh, yeah. I wonder why. If I was going to do a Cheers reboot, Cliff, would, I guess Cliff would be a gay conspiracy theorist. But then he'd be happy, and he wouldn't be at the bar. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing about doing it in the modern age is a lot of these people are. Not welcome, like they, they make sense sitting around a bar getting drunk all the time because these are the kind of people who did that because they were not welcome anywhere else. Right. Frazier is obviously meant to be like an autistic person that can't control what he says and it obsesses. Like, yeah. like, like Cliff, too, and like, well, Norm's just an alcoholic, but like Cliff is obviously gay and never, you know, dealt with it. Sam has serious problems well, with Sam women. Sam is a literally an alcoholic who is yeah. sober now and yeah. running a bar, which is. Which is a plot point they don't really mention that much. But yeah. That's the premise of this whole show. Um, so they all get around this table, and Diane was like, well, we need, well, while we're waiting for the thingy to pop. Yeah, here we go. We're at the table now. This is act three. Because Norm is. This is the act. I would say this is the actual episode. If, the, yeah. <laughs> if, if this episode of Cheers included just this final third act, yeah. it would make as much sense as if it yeah. had, had the previous two before it. Yeah. Like, we don't. Like, the entire first. And second, a commercial break. The entire first two acts are to get us to this, all the main characters around the table, a little pissed all, off at each other already. All, yeah. And stinking drunk. Yes. Which is, again, a thing that Cheers never addresses. They like, don't, they yeah. Are all so drunk. It, we, we assume it's night. There we is, know that these oh, guys sorry, have been drinking pepper. since 8 a.m. No, that's a rug. I thought you're, I thought a rug was your dog. Well, my dog so, is in the studio. So we, they're as drunk She's as we are. She's named Rug. They're as drunk as we are, um, is the thing. So drunker. Um, yes. So uh, Diane is like, while they're waiting for Norm's turkey to cook, Diane's like, let's go around and be thankful for things. Let's be thankful for stuff. One of my this is such a corny thing. Brett is honestly one of my favorite Hollywood Hollywood Hollywood, Hollywood. traditions. Holiday traditions. holiday traditions. This is the thing that my family never did this. Oh. And then when I when when I did my first uh, Thanksgiving with my husband. Which at the time I had to lie about to my parents because I wasn't out to them yet. I had to tell them that I was at my friend Matt Mayer's place. Happy Thanksgiving with a friend. Yep, Thanksgiving with a friend. Uh, my so, roommate. My roommate. Um, Committed bachelor roommate. Oh. oh, that's the thing. I wasn't born. In, I wasn't born in the '40s, so I never got to be like a confirmed bachelor of the '70s, which I feel like is also partly my aesthetic. Yeah, sounds fun, but also a lot of them got beaten up a lot. Yeah, horrible. <laughs> we go, they don't talk about that very much. But you're from you're from Tennessee. Yeah, I'm so from things, Alabama. Things happen. Oh things boy. Happen. Um, uh, so <laughs> I was making a point. There are um so. When I first went home to my husband's Thanksgiving, he told me, like, yeah, we have a tradition, which is this tradition of you say what you're thankful for. And that was the first time you'd heard of it? I've never done it. Brett! Uh, and so my husband, also the, the added layer, the added layer um, to first, my husband's oh my gosh. was uh, everyone was 
was more thankful for their mother than everyone else. So it was like whoever went oh, first got oh, to like. No. So it was funny, like because his brothers are all so into bits, and so it was this like recurring bit of like, well, I am also the most thankful for mom of anyone here, and then they would like shit on the rest of their brothers, which is like it was great. So, like, they do that in this episode, and Sam is thankful for his car. Yeah, Sam says I'm thankful. All right, I'm, uh, I'm thankful that I have a supercar and a cool stereo and that I'm not dressed in a pilgrim's outfit. Yeah. Good God. Like, this Which is... Diane is, like, uh, waiting for, like, is he going to mention me? He's, no, he's not going to mention you, Diane. He's just not into that into you. And then Woody says, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. And I'm an American. Hey, all right. American. And it's a genuine applause line for the actors and the audience. This is... 86, 1986, baby. 80s, yeah, and also, like, I miss... I want to be there again. <laughs> but it was just as bad. It was just I, us against right the again. Russians again. It, yeah, but I'm also like... Would you rather have Reagan right now than what we have? Oh, God, no. Let's not get into it. Let's not get into we it. have it let's now because of Reagan. Yeah, let's not get into it. Oh, boy. Everything's horrible, but this podcast is pure and great. But it's, <laughs> but it, it was weird to see that in the theater and like yeah, to see yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. It's, whoa. It, 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 so anyway, that's it's a, intense. And Woody says so this Woody line, says, Thank you for and it's <laughs> in, an immediate applause, and you're like, wow, the threat of nuclear annihilation by the Russians and the overarching like culture versus culture moment of the mid '80s between behind the Iron Curtain and the American Reagan, Reagan like Reagan age. It was so enormous and huge that a group of intelligent, like, socially progressive writers oh, yeah. could just forget what was that going is, on. That's the fascinating thing about Cheers. And then the thing that my husband, because my husband is like an opera-loving, culture-loving person. and, in, and he's, I don't believe it. They don't exist. <laughs> he's opened my eyes to the fact that we actually do codify or we code opera-loving as villainous. We code these things of like loving high art as villainous. Well, full disclosure, I, I recently have been Twitter DMing your husband to ask him for his Metropolitan Opera House uh, mm-hmm. online streaming password, right? which he has not yet given me. Oh, no. <laughs> so, uh, eh, you know, so, am I so, calling him out right now? Uh, Diane and Frazier are coded as like we're not supposed to relate to them because they do like this stuff. Uh, right, yeah, that's it, a big cultural signifier to like don't like these people, right? And so the the funny thing is, is the Cheers writers are of this cast of this uh, thing enough where they can make the references because they know this shit. Mm-hmm. The internet wasn't a thing back then, so they had to have this information on hand. Yep, she's thinking like Bill, you know, Will Styron and right. Caravaggio. <laughs> right, I would like to name some of them for oh. you. Théard Desjardins, <laughs> Georges Saint, Caravaggio, oh, Emily Dickinson, <laughs> The Buddha, oh. Frank Lloyd, <laughs> Jean d'Arc, Sherry Lewis and Lamb Chop. <laughs> so it is funny that they also, like, they on one hand make the references, on the other hand, make fun of the references. Mm-hmm. They're all talking about what they're thankful for. And uh, <laughs> Carla says she's thankful for basically being able to, well, no, Woody, one of the other things, like, Woody is thankful for a lot. Woody's also thankful for the ability to, like, like stick his tongue out and put it in weird places. Yeah, and then everyone does a thing and where then everyone like, does my a, body can do a this. A body yeah. prank thing. A body prank. I put body prank on my thing. Yeah. And then. Uh, Sam does this. So there's this. There's this thing that they do a couple times this episode where everyone's doing something at once. Yeah. And everyone's doing their, like, body tricks. Carla puts her foot up by her head. Right. Sam, in the wide shot, 
And then I must have just said, hey, okay, we're going to do this take. Everyone do weird body stuff. <laughs> Ted Danson, like, puts his face down to where his tongue is touching the plate and then, like, pushes the plate away from his face with his tongue. <laughs> it's like, I could not look at it. I was like, what are you doing? That's what trick weird. is that? That's weird. That's not a thing. It's not, is, <laughs> it's not. Hey, look at this guy's. I can push a plate away from me with my tongue. Um, and then Diana's like, no, 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 no. We're gonna. I'm gonna show you what this whole exercise is all about. I'm gonna be thankful for a lot of people that like helped me through yeah. the last year. One of which is Caravaggio, the Renaissance painter. And then she, yeah, like Dick. I wrote down Dickinson. Uh, Emily Dickinson, <laughs> Frank Lloyd Wright, and, and then it does like a just, <laughs> it Imagine does, being at a Thanksgiving dinner where someone sincerely thanks the Frank, work of Frank, Frank Lloyd Wright. Wright. Well, and then it dissolves, and like she's apparently been doing this for a while. She's like, and yeah. the work of Sharon Lawrence and Lamb Chop. And it's like, oh wow, she's been going so long. It's such a funny bit. She's now on fucking Lamb Chop. Um, I'm reached basically the end of my notes because at that point we get into a food fight. Yeah, I say a person that would thank Caravaggio, uh, which I just found so funny. Let's talk. Hey, let's talk about Diane Chambers. There is, I'm ch- like the the modern rewatching of Cheers. Mm-hmm. I feel like you're rewatching it from the POV of Diane because time has proved her out to be mostly correct on like. Everything she's literally saying in the gay panic episode, she's the one being like, You're all homophobic assholes. Right. Cliff, Norm, and Carla, you should check yourself. Yeah. Uh, so time has proved her out to be mostly right yes. in every way. Um, so, like, rewatching it now as a modern is, is it audience. That, I think, that was, cl- I think I, that was subconsciously clear in the original yeah. reading. So, there's something Shelley Long's performance, I think, is so great. The way that she's able to take a character that I think the show at times doesn't know what to do with or doesn't know, like, what their take on her is. Because, I mean, like, making her super into Sam, a guy who, like, aggressively doesn't want to be her, making her, like, that clueless is kind of, like, writing down to her. Shelley Long, throughout this entire episode specifically, has this air of, like, composure and dignity and, like, self-worth. Yes, that is very powerful. And yeah. You can see why she was the one that was like pegged for movie stardom and then quit way too early. Mm. Well, well, not way too early. She was in like 100 plus episodes. Like, well, you know what you get if you write Cheers, but you make uh, uh, Ted, you make Sam, Ted Danson, the same kind of person as her. You know what show that is? It's Parks and Rec. Oh, Like yeah. she's Leslie Nope. Like that archetype yeah, yeah, yeah. is totally very is. prevalent. Someone who is... Oh, God. Okay, she's right, but she's annoying. Yes. And it's, yeah, we shouldn't be mean to queers. Yeah. But she's so annoying yeah. about it. You know? And it's like, Parks and Rec is so cool because it, it made, not only, like, it's, it, it, it is overtly from her point of view. Yeah. And it reasserts that she is not, yes, she's annoying, but also hers is the hero's journey. Yeah. Whereas Cheers is like, well, we're still going to say that this is Sam's story. Yeah. Which it, it... At times, like, the struggle of Cheers is like, is it Sam's story? Should it be Diane's story? Is Diane's the more interesting story we should be following? Even Parks and Rec started with, oh, what's his name? Uh, With Mark Schneider. Mark Schneider. He's such a wonderful actor. Mark Brandano quits. Uh, And uh, and then it didn't work out, right? Because the age changed, and you needed a different archetype pairing for people to care about it now. You needed the male uh, counterpart to reflect... 
what we like about Leslie Nope and don't find annoying anymore. Yeah. So Diane, like, and that's why I think she's really great in this episode because she's the one that like, oh, when it, so like they start there. There's a lot of friction about the turkey. The turkey's not ready. And it it, it, it's never waiting. gonna be ready. Never gonna be ready. They're it's like, like waiting for good dough, but they're around a table. Everything gets keeps getting cold. And they start getting like passive aggressive. Like uh-huh. someone's like, "We're gonna eat these cold potatoes. We're gonna eat this like s- gravy with skin on it." And then Carla's like, "We're gonna eat these like peas, which are enormous peas." And Norm is mad about that. So she, so Norm like takes the pea and just like flicks it, flicks it, at Carla. and then nothing happens. Nothing for happens. like twenty five seconds. And then Carla like works around like the carrots, and she like flicks the carrots at Norm. And then Cliff. Yeah. So this was a moment in the theater that we turned each other and was like, wow. Whoa. Yeah. Though so Norm kind of flicked a little bit of a pea a little towards Carla, and she like threw a little tiny piece of a carrot. And you can know where this is going. But what Cliff does is just like He takes a ladle of <laughs> sweet potatoes, <laughs> it? And just like flicks it full force at Frazier. Yeah. Also, Frazier. Not involved. Like that's the thing. Is like <laughs> it's not been because involved. Then Frazier retaliates at Woody. Yeah. So yeah. So like there is absolutely no story reason whatsoever that Cliff is going to throw this at Frazier. No. It is a random choice. Yeah. Is it is it is not supported by the story at all. And but you gotta you gotta see the writers working here. They're thinking, and maybe this is why they're so mean to early mean to each other early in the episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We have got we're gonna ha- we know what we want to get to this food fight at Thanksgiving dinner. We know we're gonna have catharsis. How can we how, how can we make them as separate and angry, but physically together as we can yeah. before that? Let's have them be very mean to each other. They're all forced to be there, and for no reason, Cliff just throws a fucking it's half a pound of potatoes and Frazier. I mean, yeah, and so then. For no reason. If this happened in real life, everyone would have gasped and asked him if he's okay, oh. what's wrong, get out, take a break, you're drunk. Don't you kind of want it to happen in IRL and all that? Yes, of course. We all like, do. Uh, in the same way we want the them to way... insult each other but not care about it, we want them to have a food fight. Yeah, because then Diane, oh, God. I can't even remember what her line was because now it's been like so long since we've watched the episode. <laughs> Diane, like they all like grab food to go at it and Diane's like, <laughs> This is the most perfect, and it's amazing. It's a. It is literally like is a. I think it is a series great moment for Diane. Yes, the way yes, that she yes. like screams like ah, like she's like at like wits end, like screaming full voice to everyone to stop. There's no pretension. She is not playing a character. She is she's being like, ah! herself. It's so great, and then she like starts getting off like you're not gonna. Do this, and then then we off from off camera, just like a whole bunch of cranberries. Just in yeah, face. It's, it, it, you, you think they're gonna they're gonna oh they're gonna let they're gonna let Diane do another paragraph line? No, and, and it just cuts no out. the oh, the timing is frame perfect. Yeah, and then just hell breaks loose. Now I'll tell you just, why I think uh, that this is an important moment for Diane because she is so often hiding behind this pretension of a sort of a cultural aesthete. Yeah. And in this moment, we see this is her. This is beyond pretension. She's speaking as someone who is her full self in this moment. And But the, but the, the, the group, the social circle, does not disown her, does not act surprised. They still involve her in the fundamental action of that moment, yeah. and it's Sam who does it. Yeah. It, when he throws that cranberry sauce, that bright red sauce against her white pilgrim <laughs> outfit, it is him saying, I see the real you, 
and I welcome. It, 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 yeah. it's, the, it's the opposite. It's dramatic irony. He's saying, I am throwing food at you, but what I'm really saying is, I love you. This is who you are. I love you. Yeah. We love you. That's all. Oh, God, it's so great. It's great. It's what makes the show good. And then we get just like a good, like, I don't know, like 10 seconds of just all out. In, in, in Carla's new house. Yeah. Just destroying this it. This is great. I, okay, I honestly, like last Thanksgiving, we had people over to our place for the first, we, it's only the second time we've ever hosted Thanksgiving, a Thanksgiving orphan situation. And there was a couple of years in between our two that we've hosted. And we watched this episode. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. And part of me actually wants to say this is the impetus for this podcast. So, like, gravitas, like, a lot of weight added to this moment. Or it's when I realize how powerful... Oh, don't start crying. I've had, like, three and a half beers. <laughs> but it's also, like, when I watch the ep- this this food fight yes. of the characters f- throwing food at each other... John Ratzenberger is grabbing grab like bowl like handfuls of food and rubbing them in Woody Harrelson's face, and I'm seeing all these actors responding to each other and going yeah, at it, yeah. and it just and I'm a comedian, I'm a comedic writer. I worked on Mod Night at UCB for three years, Upright Citizens Brigade. I worked with actors, and I was I had the fortune to be on teams where we legitimately loved each other. Still have still have email threads going today. Where it was all about the camaraderie in the group, and yep. I in in the the stuff that I experienced with them has bonded us like family, even though we have not been a team for five years at this point. And I feel bonded. I have framed photos of them in my office, and I, I feel that I know what that feels like. And then seeing this food fight and watching that food fight a year ago, uh-huh. you seeing all of them going at it, and you get this for a split second for that for that. Food Fight montage, you see, like, this is the cast of Cheers in season five. <laughs> yeah. Loving, five years. Yeah. Loving what they're doing, loving each other, and for one scene, just going to town on a food <laughs> fight scene that gets so out of hand that, like, Ted Danson almost falls down. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like yeah he really does. Up. And it is just, it is honestly, it is the beauty of a live performance. The yes. beauty of a Oh, cast. yes. I'm so glad you said that because uh. you can imagine the audience in the studio just shitting themselves yes. with laughter. When Ted Danson almost falls down, that is an unscripted yeah. human moment yes. that works both in the context of the show and in the context of the live taping. And you, it comes together and it's just like a pu- fucking perfect day. And it's why Cheers works so well. It's why mm. Cheers can like get away with being so mean to yes. like all the, because you get the feeling of like the actors love each other. Yes. The actors 
like respect each other and at this moment they are like totally trusting of each other because like honestly honestly like the grossness of a food fight upsets me <laughs> it's and just it's horrible and I imagine the fucking horror of being covered couldn't, in food couldn't, <laughs> couldn't handle it IRL but like the love and respect they have for each yeah. other to trust themselves enough to do this and to like to cut loose in this way is so beautiful and it's why this stuff is so warranting of us drinking three and a half beers and talking about it. What? So, so after the food long. fight, we cut to they are sitting there. They're talk. They're talking to each other warmly and openly as a family covered in. It's food. like they've opened up finally. Yes. Right. It's but, like both the cast has opened up and the characters have opened up, yes. and they're finally like, "Hey, let's actually like do this. Like, who do we want to like raise a raise a toast to?" And we get like, oh um, boy, here we go. We yeah. get like, does Carla see your kids? And like, Norm says, "Bira." Like yep. all people, Uncle Fergie. My kids. Mm, all right, Vera. Yeah. yeah. Ma. Coach. Oh, yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. 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 Oh, good Very nice. you all. And oh. everyone hits their glass. And it is the most wonderful moment. And let me... Both of us just sort of like sighed in the theater watching this. I didn't see it coming at all. I had completely forgotten about it. I I forgot it was coming. I didn't... And it hit me and it was like... And this is vital to understand. And if you've watched the episode, you know this. The show doesn't pay any attention to it at all. There's no swell of string music. No, no. It just the show just barrels on. The show doesn't give it one moment of attention. The coach cheers and then they drink and, and they drink on. and it just pa- and it, it's never nothing. The, the, you know, whereas a show today would be like a minute and a fucking half like, of swelling music and 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 you know and close ups <laughs> on the characters and then finally someone says. It and it's this big giant. The show yeah. just Applause. shoves it in your face. It is the most real, human, fragile, honest moment. And also, and, like, oh, God, I coming from a I don't know how much like I'm peaking by blowing into the mic with all my heavy size, but I got the compressor on. Coming from a comedy background again, which is why I relate to multicamp sitcoms, which is not the, like Mod Night at UCB is anywhere close to the kind of shit, but like we did live shows every month, and like it was a trend, it was a real trenches experience of like the lowest stakes imaginable. <laughs> and uh, but well. like just like thinking of like we had a member of my team that was cut, that who was like the heart of our team, and he was cut, and I turned our team logo into the animal that was his last name. Like, and that was our logo for the rest of the show mm-hmm. because we missed him. Like, in, and he just was cut. Like, we still hung out with him. And the fact that, like, coach Nick Calasanto was died. He died at the end of season three. And that to the, thinking about the thought process that goes into, like, well, we have to shout out coach. Yeah. In the because midst those of this. characters would. would because the because show they love each other the that show much. because they love and because the show treats uh, these people like human beings yes. not characters human beings would have toasted coach would whereas have remembered. if you watch Kevin can wait you know now oh. the guy's wife died last season no one no, talks about no. you know, it, it reminds me that. of when Mr. Hooper died in Sesame Street and the the Jim Henson the Jim Henson company had to deal with this fact how do we deal with yeah. a children's show losing a main cast member beloved cast member to death yeah. and they had the character die in the show and they had the other characters talk about it to children it is it felt and, and obviously cheers, cheers had dealt with coach's death Times before it was two seasons, a like long, a season and a half early. Years ago, years ago, there are spouses who lose, who are widow, widows and widowers, um, lose a spouse and then are remarried by that type, dating other people. Yeah, but the show has these people call out coach in this moment, 
and it is just like oh after fuck, a food fight right. After right. a food fight, after like a high comedy farce, like great set piece, probably one of the most famous cheer set pieces of all time. Sure, is that. absolutely. And to have like to have this one quick brief moment, the fact that it is brief is also great. And so, and it's just a knife in the ribs. Uh, it is a well, knife in the ribs. And there's also the moment in the series finale of Cheers where the last thing you oh. see Sam do is go and straighten the photo, the the big photo of Geronimo that was in Nick Calasanto's dressing room that right. they put on the Cheer set after he died. And the fact that the Cheers finale, which is honestly like, what, eight years after he died? Eight years. He goes and straightens that photo, and that's like the next to last thing you see. And I love that. Like, (laughs) that's the heart of this show. That's why this show lasts is because the theme song is so full of heart where everybody knows your name. And the show delivers on that. Like, the show delivers on the fact that this whole episode is about people that have no like they even call it out like we're all a bunch of Thanksgiving orphans we're they all say, a bunch of orphans and that is why Cheers say, is good they, they <laughs> Cheers understands we are destroying ourselves we are headed towards death we are orphans look at the opening credits we are all those everyone in the yeah. opening credits is dead yeah, by the time the show comes 80 years old that no point. one has a place to go at Thanksgiving Every family is a chosen family. We all get we all treat each other horribly yeah. for two acts, and the third act we come together. This is all we have. Everybody knows your name. It is it's it's why Thanksgiving is good. It's why Christmas is good. In a world that is dark, we find light in each other, and that is the only place we'll Ugh. ever find it. It's the it is a it is the truth that Cheers knows that other shows don't, and that it preaches so often. Ugh. So. The episode ends with a with a knock at the door, and it is <laughs> yeah. Vera, and right. Norm goes and answers the door, and it's Vera, but Diane has already said, like, oh, Sam, I'm going to get you back at some point, and then as, like, Sam, like, goes to welcome Vera, because they've literally never met her before, and Diane comes out with a pie, chucks it, hits Vera in the face. Vera walks in, pie on her face. We still never see Vera. Never see her face. But that's not the end of the episode. The real end of the episode is to coach. Yeah. That's the end of the episode. Oh, my God. So now we have trivia. <laughs> I feel like, Woo. let me speed on to the trivia portion of just some facts and stats about this episode. You want to be where everybody knows your name. This episode was watched by 21.7 million people. Jesus Christ. And season five was the most watched season of Cheers. Wow. It built up. I mean, like, season one was notoriously, like, they were the last yeah. ranked show. No like, one second watched it. Ele- Seinfeld, no one too. Watched it. Seinfeld too. And well, then reruns got it. Watched right. and then season two wasn't in the top thirty, but it but by season three and through eleven, it was a top thirty show. So what happened in season? F- Why did it go down after season five? Did something else? Well, like, Diane. I mean, Diane, Diane leaves, leaves the end of season five. Season five. Yeah, this is her last season on the show. When we wow. get Kirstie Alley, and the it's show like actually Steve Carell leaving the office. I mean, it's, yeah. What do you and, do? And it was um ranked. It was um. It was the number three most watched. There, the thing is, is it was it was ranked higher. Like it was the number one most watched show, like season nine. But that was a couple million less viewers. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so it, 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 in some ways, got more popular after this uh, after this season, but it was never watched by more people than this season, yeah. which is something to say. Uh, so this well, w- cable came along, yeah. right? Oh boy, it like end of the eighties, beginning of the nineties, cable yeah. comes along, and all of a sudden, everybody's watching uh, Showtime. Yeah, uh, the HBO's Red Shoe Diaries. Get some artists. A little bit of Dream On. Ooh, Dream On, precursor to Friends. Uh, this episode was the number six most watched television episode of the week. The top five most watched episodes this week were Who's the Boss oh, at number five. God. Number four, Family Ties. Number three, okay. 60 Minutes. Two, The Golden Girls. Ooh, what, they, what, what did they show this week? I don't know. I uh. should have looked that up. Uh, number one was The Cosby Show. Sure, of course. So, yeah. But, like... I always say like that's uh, that's a top six I, I can respect. You got all ends of the political spectrum represented there. <laughs> well, I mean, the far left was. Well, what was the far left show? Of those? I don't know. Did Russia have TV shows at that time? Oh boy! Uh, the IMDb two hundred ninety one users rated this episode an eight point four. Would you say that's hot? Would you go higher, lower? Or is that right on the money? 8. Out of 4. what? Out of ten. Out of a hundred, out of ten. You know what? I think that there are some problems with it. I think there are some script less gracious, less polished moments. But because the high points are so high that so wonderfully connect mm-hmm. and are such representative, are so representative of what makes the show very good. Yeah, I would say eight point four, eight point five feels about right. Oh, I would go, I would go fucking nine. You go nine. I go nine. I go nine. I think this is one of the best episodes of Cheers. Yeah, I, I think eight, eight, five, and nine are not that separate from each I other. I guess it's only five out of a hundred. If you think right, about yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, I mean, well, honestly, the fact that it's an 8.4 out of 291 users, yeah. like, that's pretty good. Uh, my fucking face is curling up like a weird, <laughs> I don't know what's happening. You okay? I don't know. Um, so Vera is actually played by George Wentz's real wife, no Bernadette shit. Burkett. Yeah. And her it's, face was always covered in pie And like it's that. the only time she appears. And yeah, she had a medical condition where her face had to be covered <laughs> by pies at all times. Oh no, that poor woman. We lost yeah. a whole generation of Vera's to pie face. Yeah, um, and, the, and also, um, and also the the notes on trivia also say that uh, Ted Danson's slip was legit. Of course, you can't Obviously, fake that slip. Because get out of here. The, the actors were also food fighting. Yeah, they were like, food you fighting. You can see him slip. It's fine. This is it's great. Uh, who has the must see performance of this episode? Fuck. That's um, like I, I. I I think I know who I'm going to say. It's Diane, I think. I think it's Diane. It's Diane. And that's like, the curse of the ensemble is that all of them have great zingers and they have great moments in this episode. They all do. I feel like the only one that really comes close is Carla. Carla has so many good moments. She's got a lot of good burns. It's her house after all. Yeah. Carla has a lot of good moments. But I think like the fact that Diane gets to both be the calm in the eye of the storm, the, the grounding force, but then also cut loose. Pretty great. Yeah. Well, she gets that great scream moment when she stops them from almost food fighting. It's so good. It's the maybe the best moment of the entire episode where she's like, yeah. let's loose that scream. It's the, uh, it's the only cathartic character moment of anyone, really, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. she's just like, had it. Yeah. And also, she had the worst day. Don't forget. Yeah, it, she, she went to a place. She was turned. She was turned into a servant. Yeah, and like uh, 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 she is in the synopsis. Like the people who write the synopsis did choose her for a reason. Yeah. Um. So we both said Diane. 
Uh, must other people see this episode? Must other people, would you recommend this is the episode that people watch? If you want to understand Cheers, and especially if you want to understand Diane, yeah. What if you want to understand Thanksgiving? How in... Yeah. How, see, that this is... Let's get Confused, into... Confused, angry garbage, forcing people together, and then mm-hmm. through the suffering, understanding the only way forward is to choose acceptance and kindness and admittance of the shit and the garbage. Come yep. on. Queer theory, found families are important. This is the, like... It is uh, the fact that we prescribe so much weight to our birth family. The people will be like, that's for Christmas. No choice to be. That sounds like a Christmas decision. Um, I, and this is thing a lot of queer people, uh, you know, have to deal with is like, you find your family, you find, you know, and I love the fact that this is Thanksgiving orphans and that these are Mm -hmm. people that don't like, don't fit in elsewhere, but they fit in with each other. And I think it is a must-watch episode for that fucking reason. Also, like this is a great episode of Cheers. I'm so glad that we this is the first episode of Cheers. We first got episode to, of Cheers. God, um, that we got to go in on. And it's definitely a must-watch. I also like the one where they uh, start watering down the beer, and Cliff drinks too much and thinks he's drunk. That's I also like that one. Do you know that Cliffy. one? Of course you yeah, know. yeah. Oh. It falls over. I love it. You have anything else to say before we finally wrap up this fucking odyssey? You know, look, everything is built like every <laughs> everything. everything comes after a food fight. Yeah, everything Thanksgiving, all the holidays, all everything we have, all the of our system of society of grievances comes like after a food fight. You the have choices, to erupt. Are you going to love each other? Or are you going to talk about the food fight forever? Yeah. That's not to say that you shouldn't clean up after the food it fight. It is. Like, they are all, they all go through that last bit, even like what the cheers to coach draped in the remnants of their conflict. Yeah. Like, they're all, like, none of them are cleaned up. They are all now eating Thanksgiving dinner. No one is clean. Draped in grossness. Like, Sam even, like, Fraser asks for potatoes, and Sam, like, grabs a handful off the mantle and plops it on his yeah. plate. No one is clean. You got to love each other anyway. All the muck. Oh, I guess I should. Deep shit. Family stuff, guys. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Is that it? I guess is that it? Is that enough? Making your way in, in the, the world, world today, today takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries should help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And they're always glad you came. You want to be on people's The troubles are all the same. You want to be where everybody knows your name. Yeah, cheers, a film from live studio audience. <laughs> and that does it for this week's episode of Must Have Seen TV. Thanks again to my guest Taylor Moore for dropping by and experiencing Cheers with me this week. I really hope everyone made it all the way to the end. I hope you really enjoyed the wild ride that was. I really enjoyed doing that episode, um, although I paid for it for a good 48 hours afterwards. Next week, I'll be discussing the Bob Newhart Show episode Over the River and Through the Woods as the Thanksgiving holiday gauntlet continues to roll on. Over the River and Through the Woods is in Season 4, Episode 11 of the Bob Newhart Show, and you can watch that episode on 
DVD, because for some reason everything after season three is not available on iTunes or to stream, and that is really upsetting. Until then, you can send your questions about sitcoms to the Must Have Seen TV email account, which is musthaveseentv at gmail.com. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr at musthaveseentv. If you like what you've heard, please, please, please rate and review Must Have Seen TV in iTunes. Be a lot like Genetic Ghost, who left this review. Listening to this podcast always makes my Thursday a whole lot brighter. It's always great to hear Brett talk about what he loves, and his passion for sitcoms is unparalleled. A must listen. I definitely agree. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Brett White. You can read the words that I write at Decider.com, including an article about Cheers' gay episode, that gay episode, the Cheers edition of my column. <laughs> uh, you can check out my sitcom t-shirts and stickers at tpublic.com slash user slash Brett White, which does include that Cliff and Norm at the Beach swimsuit special image. The theme song for this week was actually performed by the Ohio State Marching Band. And right now you're hearing, of course, Patricia's Moving Picture by The Go Team. Thanks to ACAST for hosting the podcast. Thanks to all of you for listening. And I'll see y'all next week on Must Have Seen TV. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.